Hey, this is Greg Grunberg, a.k.a. your favorite Star Wars character, Snap Wexley, and you are right where you need to be listening to yet another amazing episode of the Black Squadron podcast. Welcome back to the Black Squadron podcast. I'm BP, uh, back for episode 18. Um, We have a very special beginning of our episode this week. We're going to kick it off with an interview with the one and only Mace Tawani, a.k.a. Eric Walker. Yes, the original Mace is in the house. The first Mace. (laughs) (laughs) I joined the... Sorry, Sam Jackson. (laughs) I think he might have a, a better way of saying that back to you if he heard you. <laughs> he would. <laughs> uh, and uh, as always, I'm here with David and Cam and Slade. Hey, what's up, everybody? So I'll just kick it over to Slade, and we'll uh, we'll jump into Eric Walker. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. So this is totally exciting. Um, Eric, how are you? First off, how is the Everything in the world is going crazy right now. If you're listening to this in the far future, we're right in the middle of everyone staying at home. How are you doing with all that? How's how's home life going? Well, it's boring. Um, you got to try to uh, find things to do. And fortunately, I, I have a podcast and I've been shooting videos for the last year that I'm behind on. So now I can play catch up. So it's uh, it's so I, I look at it as a positive thing, even though it's really a super super negative thing. But um, it's helped me get a lot of work done. You know, I'm editing a lot of videos. Like I did some interviews with uh, uh, Mike Quinn last year and uh, Dominic Pace, who is Gecko and the Mandalorian. Mike Quinn, I'm sure most of your uh, people that listen know who Mike Quinn is. He's Neen Numb. Yeah, he's a friend of the pod. Okay, so I did I did some interviews with him for my All for Sci-Fi uh, uh, website and uh, podcast. So. So that's that's uh, that's that's about it. You know, I mean, hey guys, the world is uh, the world is changing. It's uh, we got to pay attention to what. Uh, not necessarily, of course, our leaders are trying to lead us. Of course, they've never went through something like this either. So we we should not bash them. Uh, it's uh, you know, no matter who it is, everybody's trying to do the best that they can. But stay home. Let's get let's do what they say. Let's try to control this curve. So that way they, we can get rid of this uh, COVID-19, corona, you know, not the corona beer, but the coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, thank you for that. I mean, it's, it, it's, so, it's so true. People are just going nuts, and they just need to stay home. You're right. So yeah, let's I, go in. But other than that, everything's great. I, I have a lot of time to get a lot of work done. So, And you have what looks like an incredible collection behind you, which – I mean, if you're just having fun with that, then you're having a good time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, this collection, I've had a lot of friends that have sent me stuff over the years. And, of course, I collect as well. I'm a big Star Wars geek and um, big fan, of course. And so, uh, so with Star Wars then, were you a fan before you got the role in the Ewok movies? So you were in, you were in Caravan of Courage and you were in uh, Battle for Endor, which... Those both were released um, uh, on television 
after Return of the Jedi, of course, because that's where the Ewoks were. But so were, were you a fan of the movies beforehand? I was uh, definitely a big Star Wars fan in terms of what I had seen. I was uh, a little bit, I wasn't going to movies that much at a younger age. Uh, so by the time I started going to see movies in a movie theater, uh, the first film I was able to see was Re- Star Wars Return of the Jedi. So nice. yeah, I had seen Return of the Jedi. I mean, I loved it. I went the, the year before we did the Ewok movies. Uh, Return of the Jedi was out in 83. We did the Ewok films in 84. So I knew who I knew what Ewoks were. So and I knew I was in a Star Wars film. So it was a, definitely a pinch. You know, I had to pinch myself type of a moment for sure. And I back back in the day, but back in the early 80s, I couldn't see the other films because they didn't have a VHS just came out in like 84, 85. They didn't they weren't released. So if you didn't see them in a movie theater, you couldn't see them at all. Not like it is yep. today. Yeah. Uh, what's your what, what's your favorite Star Wars movie so far? There's a lot of them out now, now. Thankfully, there is a lot. <laughs> I mean, my number one Star Wars movie is all. It's been the same. I haven't wavered. It's Empire Strikes Back is my number one Star Wars movie. Nice. And nice. Uh, probably, I mean, if you're doing my second, was probably uh, Rogue One would be my second. If you're just, you know, because I've had. People ask me different questions. Some people say, just tell me the Skywalker saga now. Like, says that we have nine of those films. What's your favorite in that? Well, I like to say Rogue One is is my second favorite. Uh, probably my third is um, Jedi, uh, tied yep. with Rise of Skywalker. So nice. I actually like the Rise of Skywalker enough that I would put it up there as a tied for third. I loved Rise of Skywalker. Um, oh yeah. But to me, it was one of those. You know, we, we we gave the ratings of our favorite ones in the series, and for me, Rise of Skywalker was up there. Like it was, it was definitely in that top tier for me. Yeah, I was just you know, it just came out uh, on the Blu-ray, so I happened to buy it, and I went to Best Buy to pick it up, and I they, you have to go to the curb and have them walk out and hand it to you because you can't go in the store now. So <laughs> those are the times we're living in, people, uh, in yeah. case you're listening to this in the future. But, yeah, I, I was just watching Rise of Skywalker last night, and you you can't – you don't even want to turn the movie off. I mean, it's, there's so much action, and it's it's so brilliant, the editing and the pace of the whole piece is just – you know, at first uh, first time I saw it, it was like, oh, this is, might be a little bit too much, but the more that I watch it, it just gets better with each viewing. So there's there, there's a common question that people get asked if you know for Star Wars fans for people in the movies it's you know what is your Star Wars story what's your, what's your genesis for Star Wars how did things start off with you and I, I fall into this very unique um, generation that I, I have a very special Star Wars story and I've never actually talked about this with the guys I wanted to save it for you because it, oh. it involves you. Intimately. Okay. <laughs> so I was born in 81. So okay. I, have a, I have a brother who's six years older than me. He was a huge Star Wars fan. So I don't know when I was introduced to A New Hope and Empire and Jedi. But what right. I do know was I was three years old. Uh huh. And I got a wicket <laughs> from my grandma. It's the same yeah. one that I, I still have. And nice. we had uh, Caravan of Courage. And we had uh, Battle for Endor on VHS because we recorded it off the TV when it first premiered. 
Yes. As you used to be able to do so wonderfully. I mean, you could DVR things now, same exact thing. But so I had it on the VHS tape. And, you know, my brother's way older than me. So I was uh, often not with him. I was alone a lot. And what I, I knew how to work the VCR when I was three, four years old. And I would <laughs> watch Caravan of Courage. I would, I would watch Battle for Endor. I would watch, there was a couple of other movies, but not much. But for me, this was my gateway. Those, those Ewok movies, you know, you and, and Audrey and them, and that's my gateway to the Star Wars everything. And it's, um, it's, it's, it's just awesome. And, and, you know, before we get into any further questions or anything, I just really wanted to say thank you. Thank you so much for coming on to this. Thank you for, you know, giving the time to your fans. You're such a huge, you're such a huge Star Wars fan. And we see that, like, in your YouTube channel and everything you do when you go to, like, Galaxy's Edge. So just, you know, thanks for keeping with the fandom. A lot of people might do a movie, then they run away for a while. But, you know, you, you, you've stuck with it, which is awesome. And it gives people, especially like me, who fall in that, you know, because if you're, like, five or six years older than me, you probably really fell, fell in love with Return of the Jedi first or Empire first. If you're a little sure. bit younger than me, you, you probably still saw the movies first, the, the, the traditional core trilogy. But for me, you know, it was really those Ewok movies which brought me in, and it was just, it was awesome. So, you know, that's that's my Star Wars origin story. And I just wanted to say, you know, thanks for being a part of my life forever. <laughs> no worries. Hey, it's it's an honor. It's a, I, I consider it a privilege. Um, I love hearing stories like that, so thanks for sharing it with me. It kind of brings a tear to my eye. Um, and just so you know, George, when he was making those movies, he made those for his daughter. So they were made out of love for his daughter, who was, I think she was like three or four at the time when the mo first movie was made. So he made these two movies for the love of his daughter because his daughter loved Ewoks. So that's great that you were probably, by the time you saw it, you were about her age as well. And, uh, you know, so that, 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 that your story actually rings true of the reason why we made these movies. Yeah, he made those for, for kids. And it's definitely a kid's movie, and people need to realize that. You know, it's not, it's not, it is Star Wars, but it's a children's movie. Yeah. And I, I can uh, confirm that Ewoks are a real part of Slade's life. We went to Celebration last year with the Wicket he referred to. <laughs> the stuff <laughs> Wicket, these have forever, and we actually got our picture with the Emperor with Wicket. <laughs> with oh, the, okay. the Emperor was choking Wicket, so. I'll bet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we got a couple. We grabbed a couple wickets from Galaxy's Edge, and they're like our children, you know. So they're <laughs> definitely it, it messed up on the newest newest one they have there because the newest wicket has four fingers, and they're not supposed to have four; they're supposed to have three. So I don't uh -huh. know, you know. And if you look at the, look at his feet, it has three. They also have three toes as well. So uh, they messed up. That's but a cool still, little fact. <laughs> yeah. It's a in in so who knows maybe maybe you should grab one while they're still there maybe they'll correct it so so how how old were you when you guys started filming Caravan of Courage? I was fourteen. Oh uh, wow! And, yeah, so I just turned fifty this year. So the big five zero. Congratulations! Happy yeah. birthday this year. <laughs> yeah, in fact, Warwick Davis and I our birthdays are only three days apart. So when we were that was an interesting fact as well. We're we're both the same age, born three days apart. I'm three days older than he is, so I'm his bigger brother. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, and how old was, was Aubrey for a caravan? 
You remember? She she was. She, I remember she turned five about a month or so after we finished it because I remember uh, they, her family had come down uh, to Southern California because they had some meetings with an agent uh, in September. Her birthday is in September. I noticed online it says January and says she was born in Sherman Oaks. None of that stuff's true. She was born in September, <laughs> and uh, she was born in uh, up and up and. I think they call it uh, Sebastopol, which is over by Santa Rosa, and that's where she grew up, which is about two hours north of San Francisco is where she's from. She's not from Southern California. But so she was four when we made it and turned five right after we finished making it. Wow. So cool. Do you have any um, – I'm sure you remember, like, a lot of it, but is there is there one memory you keep looking back to from the filming experience of either one of the two movies? There's a lot of great memories from making these movies, and I was at, at, at least at the right age that I could remember. Yeah. I was, I was still a teenager. For Aubrey, it's a different story, and that's one of the reasons why she's not out there doing stuff with the fans is because she doesn't remember even making the movies. Mm-hmm. And uh, we did a convention one time back in 2005, and I think she only did the convention because we hadn't seen each other for a long time, and she wanted to say hi again. So, uh, but yeah, so yeah, there's lots of memories. Um, looking back, we, we did all kinds of things on the set. I, the, one of the fondest memories uh, that Warwick Davis and I did was we walked around with video cameras and we were doing, shooting all these behind the scenes videos. Uh, and our teacher on the set said for a school project, she, she wanted us to do like a documentary, like a making of us doing this movie. So Warwick Davis and I walked around. We interviewed the director, the producer, some of the crew members. Um, I was filming uh, during some some of the takes as well when 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 he was performing. So oh, we cool. both did, so we have about two hours worth of footage that that's never been seen. Nobody's seen it. So that's extremely exciting. Yeah. <laughs> and and we have it in it. And I made sure it was digitized, so it's all yeah. digital now. In fact, I had a, 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 a someone from Lucasfilm reached out to me because uh, another friend had mentioned it to him, and they don't even have a copy of it at Lucasfilm. Right. So I'm going to be, you know, I've been telling them I was going to send them a copy of it so that at least they, they could have it for their archives as well. But we'd love if they ever decided to put uh, the Ewok movies on Blu-ray or did something, someone started a writing campaign, guys, help us get that documentary so people can see it. I mean, they, they're welcome to yeah. have it. That's so cool. Do you have Do you have a favorite Ewok? I mean, you interacted with a lot of them during the I, during filming. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, I became really close. You know, Mace became really close to Chukatrock. Mm. So I would say Chukatrock is probably as a character. Chukatrock is definitely Mace's favorite Ewok. Other than Chukatrock. Um, uh, I think Logray's kind of cool. Wicket's cool as well in his own way. <laughs> each each Ewok, and you're still so fr- and you're still friends with uh, the Chugachuk actor. Uh, yeah, well, ke- recently Kevin and I have, uh, we did we starting to we're starting to do conventions together, which yeah. is really great. So yeah, he was he was Ke- at celebration. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we so we're starting to do stuff uh, together. We just did a big, uh, we just did a convention in Florida uh, at Pensacon. Uh, in Florida, and we had the biggest Ewok reunion. Uh, Kevin was there, uh, Nikki Patello, who played Teak uh, inside the costume, Mark Dotson, who did the voice of Teak, was there, Uh, Carl Strickton, who was uh, King Tarek in the the Battle for Endor, 
and uh, Dame Sean Phillips, who uh, played uh, the the night sister. Well, she wasn't a night sister, but later they used her. Yeah, she was a night sister. Yes, she was. And I think think that's kind of cool, too, that they're really grabbing stuff, like the Blurrigus part of The Mandalorian. And I think it's great that they're reusing a lot of... It just so it goes to show you, we did some stuff that uh, people want to, people are still interested in, so they're trying to make it canon in their own way. And hey, Dave Filoni, hey, John Favreau, if you happen to hear this podcast or one of your assistants hear it, let them know I'm available if you want me to do a, a quick walk in camera or something. So. <laughs> okay, so a lot of actors, um, yeah, we talked to um, uh, Greg Grunberg last week, who was. Uh, Snap Wexley in Rise yes. of Skywalker. And, uh, you know, his character allegedly died at that final battle. And a lot of Star Wars people, they try and work out ways like, oh, no, no, my character still lived and something I, happened. I, have, who knows? In have Star you ever Wars. played? Yeah. Have you ever played with a way that uh, Mace lived? Oh, of course. Of course, Mace could live. You never see him die. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. You never see it. Oh, so he took the bracelet off. That's all he needed to do. If the bracelet's off of his wrist, boom. What if the explosion, at, you know, the part of the part where he got injured, it, it hurt his arm and broke the life monitor. Maybe he got... That's all it is. Sure. I mean, he definitely could have got injured and, and came back. For sure. I know they were supposed to do a 30 walk movie. I don't think they had any plans to bring Mace back necessarily, but... There was the Ewok movies were supposed to be a trilogy, and at one point they even actually I heard that they had a script for it, but they didn't they didn't end up doing they didn't do it for whatever reason maybe Lucasfilm got too wrapped up in the other things that they were doing at the time, which would have been fun. <laughs> so if you were uh, in the universe, what color would your lightsaber be? Well, my favorite color is blue, so I'm going to say blue. So. You go blue. Cool. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're a proper Jedi then. Yeah. I like it. Sure. Very cool. But now, this is, this is one of my favorite questions we always ask people. Um, would you rather attend the Jedi Academy or Hogwarts? Oh, come on. Uh, of course, the Jedi Academy. Uh, uh, big Star Wars sure. fan. <laughs> I mean, I, I like Harry, do like Harry Potter. I'm not going to badmouth the movie series, but, you know, Star Wars any day, every day over Harry Potter. Nice. What, what did Warwick Davis say when we asked him that? Uh, he actually said he, he's already been the Hogwarts, so the Jedi Academy, because he's never been. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, uh, guys, do you have anything for, for Eric? Any, any questions? Uh, yeah, where can people find you? Are you on social media? What's uh, what's your YouTube channel name? Well, I mean, the, the the easiest way to find me is just go to my website. My official website is, because uh, I'm also a musician, my official website is ericwalkermusic.com. And yes, I'm on social media. So if you go to my website, there's links to my Facebook, my YouTube, and all of my other channels. That's the quickest way to find me. And of course, I have that podcast I do and, uh, and also my uh, website all for sci-fi.com which is just spell out what the whole word a l l f o r s c i f i one word all for sci-fi.com and that's a cool website too because um it, we're more than just a, a podcast we're a website that writes reviews when, when new toys are coming out we we like the other day when the black series came out we had 
you know, the pictures up there with a new black series that's coming out uh, in the vintage collection. Uh, you know, now the Mandalorian's getting his uh, his best car armor now, so we got that's coming out. And so, and not just that, but we have movie trailers, like the latest movie trailers that are coming out. So it's a great website to go to just to kill some time. Uh, BP or David? Oh, it looks like they're muted. <laughs> oh. I didn't mute him. No, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, that was. Yeah, man, I just want to say, you know, thanks for for coming on. It's it's been a blast. It's been awesome to hear all the all the stories about you know the the making of of the Ewok movies. Oh, actually, I did have one question I forgot to ask. Okay. Did you keep any props from sets? Any of the sets? I for uh, and I, my dad probably still has it. There's a there's a scene where uh, after, uh, Sindel, uh she remember she gets uh she somehow the wicket hits the stick and uh, the pogo horse takes off and absolutely <laughs> and, and chick trucks running after when they there's a scene when they come back and when they come back and and chuka truck has her you'll see if you look mace is like chopping a stick with his axe i have that stick i was chopping with <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> nice all right uh yeah man that's that's really all we got. We told you it'd be about 20 to 25 minutes. Looks like we're right at 30 almost. Okay. So, you know, I, I don't want to keep you keep you too much longer than we promised. If if you got anything else you want to talk about, happy to. Um, well, you were talking about the Ewok agenda. Oh, wait. Does someone? Oh, I think I hear. I think I hear the sacred horn. So, guys, normally we do the Ewok Agenda, where we give you a fact, some tidbit, something about Ewoks, the filming, anything. And we have a special presentation of the Ewok Agenda with Agenda with Eric Walker giving us this whole thing. So, Eric, what do you got for our okay. very special edition of the Ewok there, Agenda? Okay, yeah. In, in Caravan of Courage... Right before we do the scene where Low Gray, uh, you know, shows us uh, that the Gorax has our parents. If you look outside the hut before it goes inside, if you freeze the frame right at that second and look in your right-hand corner, you'll see a very, very famous Disney character sitting there in on the entrance on the right before the Ewok hut. It's uh, it looks uh, it's what George always thought Ewoks were. So the animators at ILM just as a kind of a joke and a tribute I you know they say they were calling that Disney thing a long long time ago can you guess what's sitting in the tree there what Disney character how do I not know this one <laughs> is it Winnie the it Pooh did. yep it's Winnie the Pooh oh what how did you get that I'm the smartest man alive <laughs> you, googled, you googled it didn't you no I actually didn't he was listening to the clues. I was talking about what George calls them, you know, bears. Oh yeah. So yeah, when he's a, so uh, how how does it appear? Is it is it like on a tree or what? He no, it's a, he's like right if you look if you freeze the frame right at that second and look in the right, he's like in uh, to the right of the entrance. It's, he's just like sitting there, like on the ground. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, I guess I'm getting my DVD out. <laughs> yeah, get it out. Look for it. You'll find it. Very cool. Yeah, uh, seriously, thank you so much for this. Um, I got 
I got nothing but admiration for everything you do. Your your constant engagement with the Star Wars community is just really awesome. So so thank you for that. Um, thank and, you and for helping me. Yeah. yeah, thank you so much, guys. Anything else? Uh, thanks, Eric. You got it, guys. Yeah, thanks and a ton. You're not a problem, guys. It's my pleasure and and. You know, guys, just let's we're all one community anyway. So that's what's great about Star Wars. We're all one family. And uh, that's why I love Star Wars so much as well. Very cool. You are, you are welcome back here at any time, sir. I appreciate that. All right, man. Uh, one question. We'll be going to a celebration if, it, if it's happening still. I, 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 I have plans to go to celebration. I'm not set up as a signer necessarily, but... So if I'm not there as a signer and I'm not like at some special booth, like with a 501st or somewhere else, I will definitely be there as a fan. So I am going to celebration. I have tickets regardless. And let's 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 knock on wood and let's say it's going to happen because that's in August. Uh, I hope it better be over with by then. So because we need our celebration. And what a celebration! Same here. Be. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, all right. Thank you, sir. We will. Um... I'll, I'll reach back with the links to all this. Thank you so much. We'll meet, we'll be sure to also link in the cat in um, our posts to your website to everything else, and and that's all Great. we got. All right, all right, guys. You guys have a good evening. Stay safe, and uh, may the force be with you. Thanks, Eric. All right. You okay. too, man. Thanks. Later. All right. Well, that was pretty awesome. Hey. Slater, you okay? That was awesome. <laughs> that was good. All right. Well, that was incredible. So I uh, hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, big shout out to Slade for setting that one up. So yeah, let's hop into our regular scheduled programming here and we'll just uh, we'll start off with the news. We don't have a ton of stuff news wise per se. Eh, we, do, we do and we don't. Anyway, um, Cam, you want to... Uh... Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I can I can take it from here. So yeah, uh, yeah welcome to Far Far Away News segment. Uh, as always, it's brought to you by Far Far Away News. You can find them on, on Twitter and all that good stuff. Um, so first off, we have a, a relatively, well, not relatively, a very sad bit of news to, to start off with. Uh, it looks like the uh, COVID situation around the world has taken one of our Star Wars actors uh, Andrew Jack uh, unfortunately passed away just recently. He was Major Kaluan Emmett in Force Awakens and Last Jedi. He was also Moloch, uh, the voice of Moloch in Solo, A Star Wars Story. Uh, he passed away March 31st due to complications because of COVID. Um, oh, so, uh, yeah, our, fa- our, our hearts go out to his, his family. Uh, very, very sad. Um, yeah, it's, it's very, very unfortunate. I had no idea he was the voice of Moloch. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't know he was the voice of Mulligan. I actually, um, I saw some news articles around the time when, when he had passed that also said he was the speech coach on the Lord of the Rings trilogy as well. Oh, wow. Yeah, so he's very, very oh. talented guy. I did not know. I know he did it for Star Wars. I did not know he did it for Lord of the Rings. Yep, yep. Interesting. Yeah. So uh, in, uh, in other news, uh, in upcoming uh, Kenobi series, uh, news. We have uh, found out that Joby Harold has been tapped to write uh, the new series uh, coming forward that comes out of Variety. I think the I'm, I'm sorry. Thing... What series is this? Uh, the, you know the the, the the Kenobi series that will eventually happen. Is this the Netflix one? Yes, the Netflix <laughs> one. 
started with Hulu. That, that's the one. That's I think the, 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 the biggest question that no one's talking about is what is Joby short for? Uh, Jobiathan. Joby One Kenobi. <laughs> that too. Joby One Kenobi, yeah. Oh, Joby One. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, speaking of nothing to do with what we were just talking about, that's how you flawlessly transition, by the way. Um, <laughs> we have some more news, but it's technically not in our far, far away news segment. Um, the we have some we have some updates from the High Republic guys. Yes, we got. Oh some, yeah, we got some character reveals. Uh, not only the the visuals that we've gotten a couple of before now, but we actually got some names and some bios. Yes. Um. So starting out with apparently who was the bee's knees of the the jedi order at the time avar chris noble oh she's the most noble example of jedihood she always tries to see the good in people and situations and never puts herself first she is invigorated about life on the frontier and challenges it brings an inspiration for those who work with her she is compassionate not dogmatic and always ready to sacrifice herself over others she's the best of the best so she's like, like an interesting. She's like an interesting Qui Gon Jinn. Stop it! Those are fighting words. <laughs> I will fight you. I would die on that hill. How good! <laughs> he doesn't know who you are, but he will find you. <laughs> uh, and just to clarify too, Avar is the uh, blonde woman that we're seeing in, in most of the promotional art, correct? The lead, yeah, the front and center. Yes, the lead of the series, it sounds like. Or at I, least the lead of, of the, the novels, yes. I really love their Jamie Lannister aesthetic. Ooh, true. So I, I find this an interesting take, though, because normally when you have a uh, protagonist of a series, you know, the main character, you want someone who is flawed. You want someone who has problems. You want someone, you know, that's that that's what makes a story interesting, you know. I find it very neat that they're going with, you know, the, the the prime character here, the main one, is the ultimate good guy. You know, she, they're they're really selling her as the ideal Jedi, and not like, you know, that this this kid who's having a hard time, and it like like an Ezra type of a thing. You know, I think I think they made her this way based off the next couple bios. <laughs> well, but also if you if you if you remember, I think. Um, one of the very first things we heard about this was Charles Soule has been writing this and this character specifically for like over a decade or maybe you know 20 years or so. This is the story about this character, mm-hmm. which is really neat. I, I personally think, I mean, we'll touch on, on a point a little bit later on that I'll bring up, but I personally think that it's entirely possible that they're making this character, uh, I mean the higher the highs, the longer the falls. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, Good. So I, I'm wondering if maybe whatever occurs within the High, High Republic timeline uh, really pushes Avar to her limits of Jedi dumb, I guess, to see you know what she's willing to put up with. It's a little bit of like a, maybe like a small Anakin um, kind of approach. Mm, maybe like what Anakin could have been. That too, yeah. All right, so if next Qui Gon didn't mess it up. Oh my God, uh, he's a saint. Stop. <laughs> Qui Gon Jinn is a saint. <laughs> you bite your tongue. 
Dude, we're this close to being uh, an Anchorman podcast. <laughs> I mean, that, that's that's fine too. Dorothy Mantooth is a saint. <laughs> All right, next, Loden Great Storm. How, just awesome name, right off the cuff. Uh, he is a Twi'lek Jedi Master. is considered to be one of the best teachers in the Jedi Order. Strong, wise, with a good sense of humor. Loden looks at every moment as a learning experience, always trying to better himself and those around him, especially his Padawans. What do you guys think? I'm just really excited that he's Twi'lek. Uh, I, yeah. I, I like the idea of... I mean, there's not very many main character like close to the main character supporting actors they're supporting characters that are that are alien i mean you know of course there's chewbacca and stuff like that but mm -hmm. i like the idea of having a, a close to protagonist character that that isn't human yeah live action i want to hear this sense of humor yeah that's gonna be interesting <laughs> yeah I hope it's like dad joke humor. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I did see somebody say that they were like, oh, great, great storm. That's that's such a horrible last name. And then they were like, wait a second. I mean, the main character's uh, name in the trilogy is Skywalker. And that's not really that great of a last name either. And I'm like, well, first off, you're wrong on two counts. Um, <laughs> but regardless, uh, great storm sounds amazing. Is he the one that has the yellow saber? I think so. Yeah. Yes, I believe so. Um, next, we have Keeve Trennis. Um, she has been jumping out at me, maybe us, more than everybody else, um, just based off of what Kevin Scott has posted. But uh, the bio is, Keeve is a young firebrand Jedi, believed to have a great future ahead of her, if only she would believe it herself. Quick-witted and more impulsive than she should be, Keeve also has only been a Jedi at night for a few weeks and is a little starstruck around Avar, knowing many of the great things Chris has done in the past. She's determined to prove herself to Avar and the other legendary Jedi station at the Starlight Beacon. Uh, that's, that's the ship they are on, for those of you out of the know. Uh, but first, she must learn to trust herself as much as she trusts the Force. Now, the beginning of that bio, who does that remind you of? Quick-witted and I mean, that's, impulsive. That, that's Anakin left and right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the other interesting thing I find about Keeve um, is she's actually been mentioned before. Um, she she comes up with... I'm sorry, her, I, I should say her last name, Trennis, has been mentioned before. In Dooku, Jedi Lost, um, that was the audio drama that Kevin Scott uh, wrote last year, which... If you haven't listened to it, I highly recommend it. It's also out in script form, so you can read it as well. But uh, there is a Jedi with the last name of Trennis that is a member of the Lost 20. Um, the Lost 20 are Jedi that have walked away from the Jedi Order um, in one like one reason or the other. So Dooku, for instance, is a member of the Lost 20 since he left the Order and, and fell to be a Sith. So is Just like... Keith... Yes. No, so Keeve... Uh, one of the concept things, it says that she is a future member of the Lost 20. Ah, perfect. So, uh, yeah, then then that that's kind of interesting because it's going to be uh, the setup of she's around this, you know, perfect, a Jedi's Jedi, right? And yet she's still going to follow, she's still going to be disillusioned with what the Jedi are. So mm -hmm. uh, maybe maybe I to kind of go back to like what we were talking about with Avar, rather than being like being at the height of jedi -dom and then fall from that maybe she's almost too much of a jedi too rigid 
uh, follows the order too closely, and maybe that pushes people away as well. So I, I'm there's really really interesting dynamics I think that that could be forming out of these characters. One of the big thing, one of my biggest takeaway from the concept art is their costume or uniform or outfit choices. So they basically all have the normal Jedi tunic. Um, one of the characters we haven't talked about yet, you know, your classic hero type, he has the big cape behind mm -hmm. him. But Loden, who we, you know, we, we just talked about, is wearing a dress, basically. You know, he, ha he has like a proper, you know, formal robe on, mm -hmm. which is a very interesting uh, uh, um, choice for a Jedi master. Because, you know, the, the whole idea of, they've always sold this idea of their, their uniforms or outfits are actually functional when you're in battle. You know, the cape, the, the robe serves a purpose to, you know, hide movement. It doesn't show things and you're able to mask things and it actually makes you faster and all these things. You can't really run around or do this flashy stuff in what he's wearing. But it gives it does give this aura of someone who just isn't that much of a lightsaber duelist, but he looks like a wizard. And I love that aspect. And you can tell that each of the characters, if you go through them, you know, some have metallic armbands, you know, for armor. Others, you know, you know, it's just it, just little details like that. I really love looking at their, their choices for these characters. And these could be dress robe type things, you know what I mean? Like formal. Very uh, dress robe. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, and we can't not mention that uh, Keeves lightsaber is a dual bladed saber. Which That's is green, green, right? Blade. Yeah. It's yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, there's also been a lot of people that are drawing parallels to how she looks to the um, characters that were introduced in the newest Clone Wars episodes. Um, um, yeah. I don't remember the sisters' names, but personally, I just think it's the haircut. It's very yeah. similar. The Natalie Dormer. <laughs> yeah, the Natalie Dormer. I, I was literally holding myself back from saying that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Really so like she even like has the Natalie Dormer smirk, though. Yeah. Really like they're about to cry up for 80s music videos. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so next we got Stellan... Uh, I guess it would be Goss, Agaius, maybe Geos. I don't know. Wait, Geos? I haven't heard this last name yet. Um, but Stellan is an optimistic and well-respected Jedi Master. He came up through the Order with Avar Chris, and although they are often on different assignments for the Jedi or the Republic, when the two work together, they are a powerhouse team of two noble heroes in action. Strong in the Force and a natural leader, Stellan is currently stationed at one of the Jedi Temple outposts on the distant planet of Karagon Viner. Which is obviously a new planet, right? Yeah, never heard of that one. My, my biggest issue with, with Stellan um, is imagine, picture the most ideal Jedi that you can make, and that's Stellan. Um, he's almost too stereotypical of a Jedi. If that makes any sense, based on the concept art that that they. So he's going to be the bad guy. <laughs> that's actually that's ex exactly actually where I was going. He he could be a good foil for uh, Avar. 
He does have a killer lightsaber. Yeah, I was going to say, his hilt's badass. That's the, this is the first time we've seen the cross guard that's metal instead of the, the, mm-hmm. the actual blades, correct? Yeah, I wonder um, what it's no. made out of. No, we saw it in the group shots as well. Oh, oh yeah. It was one of the... Um, it was so one of the... A, cu- a, couple of, a couple of them had it, because not only in the this this book, but in some of the concept art for the other things that are coming out, like the comics and the young adult books, the, the cross guard is a more popular trend now. But it's I haven't seen one that's a, uh, a lightsabered cross guard. It's just a metallic in all the ones. I wonder what that would be made out of, because I'm assuming that would stop a saber. Otherwise, what would be the point, right? Yeah, Legends had... Legends had had uh, a metal that was resistant to, uh, resistant to lightsabers, didn't it? <laughs> the way you said it, it was like legend has it that there is a metal. I'm a bad NPC in an MMO. Legend has it. You have to go get this metal. No, I think I think in the legends uh, continuity <laughs> that there's can a metal you, uh, that, that's supposed to do it. Can you now, start over and read it as Laura Santeca? <laughs> Uh, I can't really. <laughs> to me, she's royalty. Um, anyway, I believe it's adamantium. <laughs> uh, oh, oh man, no vibranium. So that's vibranium. how they introduced the X Men. Okay. Yes. <laughs> now we're only two Disney seconds away from being everything. a. <laughs> now we're only two seconds away from being a Marvel podcast. Oh man. All right. Last oh, but not everybody, least, everybody's Ooh, already stopped listening now. Vernestra, Vern. Row? I, I don't know. <laughs> Taking a guess here. R-W-O-H. But uh, Vern is Ooh. newly minted Jedi Knight. Um, she was the Padawan to Stellan. She works hard and is devoted to the Jedi Order, more so than others her age. At 16, she is one of the youngest knights in a generation. She struggles to fit in with the adults while also setting a good example for the younger Jedi. She is 16-year-old Jedi Knight. She must be wicked powerful with some kind of force. She has a very specific power, I'm willing to bet. Guys, if if you're you're listening to this right now, BP has been going on about the fact that she is 16 for weeks now. It is great. (laughs) We only found out about this three days ago, and he's been going on about it for weeks. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She's going to be a problem, one way or the other, for somebody. They got a timeout chair for her somewhere. <laughs> I also can't stop thinking about how you know the guy who plays Ernest and Ernest scared stupid. He calls everybody. <laughs> he calls everybody burn. <laughs> yeah, burn, 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 burn. <laughs> I actually thought about that as you were calling her burn. <laughs> hey, Vern. All right. <laughs> any, any final thoughts on the new information we have on the High Republic as a yeah. I have to question that your reference for Ernest is Ernest Scared Stupid. You know there was like 17 movies before that one, right? I do, but Ernest Scared Stupid scared the absolute <laughs> shit out of me when I was little. <laughs> that troll is horrifying. Come it on. is horrifying. Come on, I mean, Come on, you just Bern. have to get the you have to get the the meak. To, yeah, to I, I can get that out of my brain. I, that's that's what I think of is good old fashioned meak. <laughs> If you haven't seen that movie, I'm sorry. This is a deep cut. Yeah. We are now an Ernest Scared Stupid <laughs> But that's the one that sticks in my brain, just because of that goddamn troll and Miak. Okay, yep. that's fair. 
Okay. Each well, moving on. Wood. I mean, it's it's just what? awesome. What was his actual name? Ernest what? Oh God, I don't Bar- even know. P. Whirl. Oh yeah. Oh, no, no. Varney's the 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 actual actor. Jim. Yeah, Barney. Jim Varney. Jim Varney. Yeah. yeah, and Ernest's name was Ernest P. Whirl. <laughs> so if you have this concept art for Star Wars: The High Republic in front of you, since we're a Star Wars podcast, hard <clears throat> pivot. So if you we we could start with Vern. If you look at her, um, I don't know what that piece of cloth is that hangs down. You, you, you see this design that's there. Um, if you then go to the other more ranked knights, they have the same design, but more of it. There are increased symbols on each one, like the higher their rank goes, it looks like, which is a pretty interesting thing. Um, so Stellan and Avar actually have the same exact one. The two that are in the brown sashes, or there's only one. Yeah, she has the same symbol on the bottom. And then Loden has three of this like flowery plume thing at the bottom, which the rest have one. Little things like that I pick up on. Like that was made consciously, and I wonder why. Like what's why why what does that mean that symbol that's on all of their uniforms and why does he have more and why does the brand new jedi knight only have one is it is it like the side of a football helmet is it how many sacks they have i don't know but we'll see as they say time will tell yeah i uh I actually, I actually really like how they lean into. I mean, what they, they mentioned when this this was released that one of the major influences on the High Republic was like uh, Arthurian legends, uh, Knights of the Round Table, and such. And I like that Avar, Chris, and Stellan Geos actually they look like uh, sci-fi knights. I mean, I know that that sounds stupid talking about Star Wars, and of course they're Jedi knights. Like that's that's what they are. But I, like I could see them putting on you know, full plate man. And I can see them as knights rather than, you know, mm-hmm. space wizards. Um, so I like that they kind of drew that influence in quite a bit. Nice. Yeah, I get a Game of Thrones feel too, which is awesome in my opinion. I'm going to go right. ahead and call it Avar like lays them high and dry. Yeah, maybe she's not as good as everybody thinks she is. Mm-hmm. Has there been a female villain in Star Wars? Like, live action? Uh, Asajj? Oh, live action. Not that... Kira, no. kind of? Phasma? Yeah, <laughs> Phasma. Oh. Or Epi. It has more than <laughs> five minutes in the movie. It'd be kind of cool to have a... have her turn bad. Or just be, like, an actual dick, but no one know it until she screws you <laughs> over. <laughs> Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we have a new one-off segment that we're going to do. Um, it's basically called What Are We in Star Wars? So what we're going to do is uh, each of us has thought about what the other would be in the Star Wars universe. Um, example would be maybe Slade is a, a lap dancer or something. Something along the lines of that. Um, so what we're going to do is we'll start... Um, <laughs> you took my answer. We'll start with uh, me, I suppose, and then what we'll do is uh, Slade, David, and Cam will say what they think I would be, 
in the Star Wars universe. And once they are done, I will say what I think I would be. And then we'll move on to Slade and so on and so forth. Nice. Um, so I guess we'll go ahead and start with uh, Slade. Cam's first. Cam, Cam, what would Brandon be or BPB <laughs> in the Star Wars universe? <laughs> <laughs> oh, full named yourself over there. Yeah, I got. Uh, I've, been, I've been getting called my full name at work a lot here recently over chat. <laughs> uh, Don't so, worry, we're, we're using our made up names here. Oh, yeah. we're using our made up names. <laughs> oh, Spider Man. <laughs> oh, Ray Skywalker. Wait a minute. Um, I just to clarify. I'm okay with the Ray Skywalker thing. Anyway, <laughs> um, so you know, I was uh, as I was thinking about this. Um, you know, BP, you've you've talked about. Some well, I don't know if you've really talked about it all that much on the podcast, but you've talked about some of the art that you do, um, and some of the um, you know uh, prop making and everything that you've done. Uh, if I haven't brought it up before on the podcast, VP actually sent me a Commander Wolf. Uh, I I would like to call it a replica helmet because the thing is is amazing, customized, uh, painted specifically for me by by VP. And and thinking about all that stuff, that that made me feel. Uh, it reminded me of uh, a book that they released not that long ago called Star Wars Propaganda, um, and it's essentially uh, different like pieces of art that was in universe that like the Rebel Alliance or the Imperial was using to kind of spread their message. And I, personally, BP, I think you would be something like that. I think you would be a propagandist for one side or the other, like spreading the message through your art. He'd be a graphic designer. <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> he would be what he is <laughs> nice all right uh david bp i got you as a co-pilot Ooh. I, have mm. you, I have you as chewy nice yeah. nice yep <laughs> yeah oh impressive he nailed it so right, yeah so for me you know i've seen you build out a lot of cosplay armor and fabricate stuff. So, for instance, um, the spear from uh, Batman vs Superman, the you know everything Mandalorian. You you made his giant gun. I'm sure you know the name of it, the rifle thing. Uh, you you've done so much stuff that's really freaking good. Um, so I would pin you as a specifically a rebel engineer. And what I mean by that is the Imperials have all the money and they have the proper equipment. You kind of work with whatever you can find and make it into something that's similar, but it's just as good. So that's, a, that's, that's what a rebel engineer would kind of do. I am Babu Frick. You, you want to be a droid maker? No, I don't like droids. No, I, no, I think you guys are. Uh, you guys I, are I, I was, I was thinking about a droid maker. And I was thinking about uh, stuff like that, but I, I just went engineer because, because that kind of encompasses. You know, you can do a whole bunch of stuff. Well, thank you. Good guys. with your hands and good with building. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, I think you guys are all spot on. I definitely would see myself as some sort of maker, whether it be uh, ships or. Uh, weapons or armor, definitely on the rebel side, like Slade said, because the Empire has the money. Um, I could see myself joining the cause to do things with my hands. Um, and secondly, it's at Black Squadron Studios on Instagram. <laughs> 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 All right. So, it, so is that what you pinned yourself as, though? You yeah, some, yeah. Some kind of maker? You got to be yeah. more specific, some kind of maker. You'd be a blacksmith or something like that, some kind of a smith. 
I mean, it, Maker's the best the best way I can describe it because I would yeah. just be some sort of uh, whatever the rebellion would need is what I would try to make. Nice. No, you 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 would be the maker, right? Like in, yeah. in C three PO saying, "Thank the maker." Yeah, he's referring to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's uh, let's do Cam now. Lol. Uh, <laughs> All right, David. I want to go first. Wanna, 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 oh, Mike, well, Slate wants to go. All right, okay, Mike. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I don't so, like the amount of laughing that this is starting off with. <laughs> Cam to me is a lieutenant in the Imperial Navy. Oh, so I specifically picture him in the high boots and and the britches, and he's trying really hard, but he just gets no respect from anybody. <laughs> he's an imperial Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> I keep no respect. But he's an officer. He's a lieutenant. Yeah. He's not. He's he's not one of the grunts. He's not a stormtrooper. He, he's a he's a proper officer in the navy. But he's like the lowest ranking officer possible. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I just thought you were going to talk about the uniform, and I mean, if you want to see me in that man, you know, I have an OnlyFans. Come on. It's true. I, I mean, you gotta save your family, you know? Yeah, you know, hey. <laughs> I, I actually can picture you in that Imperial Navy uniform, and it would look spot on. I would love it. And slowly <laughs> removing it. Yeah, but Ooh. yeah, Slade's thinking about those bike shorts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, David, what do you think uh, Cam will be? I had Cam as an IT officer, some kind of IT, either Rebel, uh, Imperial. But definitely in the IT department. So a uh, uh, engineer. Do they call them computers? And uh, they do. Yeah, they they'd do. be yeah. a computer engineer. I could see that. Computer yep. engineer. If we if we were the bad batch, I could see you being tech. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so so I, I say I, he's I, a lieutenant in the Imperial Navy, but as an engineer. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> yeah pretty much. All right. So <laughs> I'm going to go the other on the other side. Uh, I see you in the. I guess it would be the Republic, technically. I see you as a Jocasta New type librarian Jedi. Ooh. And that sounds that sounds might sound bad, but it's not meant to be. No, uh, she's badass. Yeah, your your knowledge <laughs> is your knowledge is vast. Um if somebody says they can't find something, you scold them. Um, <laughs> it doesn't exist. <laughs> uh but yeah, By the way, if, you. if you're listening and you've never seen the comics where she becomes the most absolute badass on the planet, please Google that. Yeah. She holds her own against Vader. That's all you need to hear, man. Just yeah. just look it up. <laughs> yeah, it's good. But yeah, I could see you as a, a Jedi librarian for sure. Well, I appreciate that. I, I <laughs> You know, I actually, I can see each of the ones that you guys mentioned. Yeah, um, libertarian. <laughs> yes. When I was when I was thinking about myself, um, I'm kind of going the same route as all actually all three of you. I was kind of thinking um, personally, I think I'd probably be like a rebel researcher of some kind. Um, you know, I don't know, maybe uh, weapons tech or engineering or, or something like that. I, IT uh, or whatever the equivalent would be. Um, but that's kind of what I was placing myself as. I think researchers are really good fit for you. Yeah. Hey, thanks. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's move on to David. Um, I'll start this time. I think that David. Ooh, David. 
Uh, if you guys don't watch Shit's Creek, it's amazing. Um, I totally had it and just lost it. <laughs> <laughs> well, well I, think, I think David well, I would, would. I think you would have um, a better way to say this so it doesn't sound terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you would own a cantina. No, oh, yeah, I could see that. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, I, not a, that's not a bad thing. I could see him being behind the bar, being shady as fuck. Uh, <laughs> just like gaining information for no reason. Just likes to have <laughs> that information. Uh, it makes a killer. It might, be valuable. it might be valuable one day. Yeah, one day. you never know. Yeah, he's, a, he's a collector. Yeah, so I think uh, a cantina owner. I think that'd be awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll go. Um, you know, Dave, I, I was kind of thinking about it, and I think I could see you like Spec Ops, Rebel, or Resistance. Uh, kind of, you, you got a real like get her done kind of attitude. So I could see you like, honestly, like the Bad Batch stuff that we were talking about, right? Um, I could see you fitting in a group like that. Nice. So speaking of that get her done attitude, um, and you know, you called BP for the co-pilot earlier. David, I, I really pin you as a first officer on a cargo ship. But like a big one. Like like one of the important ones that like runs between, you know, populous planets, not the little shisty cargo ships. That that's that's what I had you as. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. I think because not everyone has to be a hero. Most people hero. in in the galaxy aren't actually gonna be in the war. <laughs> well, either way, I could never see David as an Imperial. He's too much of a, uh, you know, go fuck yourself kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that never crossed my mind with him. Not once. <laughs> I love it. I, in my mind, I was, I was 99. So that's better than what I was thinking. <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. man. <laughs> so you guys uh, get better than me. So thanks. <laughs> well, first of all, <laughs> let's talk about 99 here for a second here, right? Dude, dude has an amazing heart. I am crying. Wow. All right, let's... So thank let's, you for uh, yeah. Let's move on to Slade. And let's, uh, let's let Cam go first. Oh man. Okay. Uh, so Slade would be a hippie that lives with the Ewoks <laughs> out in the middle of uh, Endor. I think he's probably married to like three of them, uh, and probably has a, a, I don't know how. What do you call a group of Ewok kids? A litter? Probably like a litter and a half of Ewoks just running around. Um, no, seriously. Uh, <laughs> so he is Slade exotic. <laughs> he, he, has, exactly. he has an Ewok zoo. He oh, hates I Carol Baskin. I tell you, it's that damn Emperor Honduras <laughs> causing all these problems. Oh, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> um, seriously though, I, I think I could see. I think I could see Slade uh, in either a um, Republic or new republic era like a, a senator um you know using his charisma and wiles i suppose to um you know get things done on a galactic level a shaggy walks apparently <laughs> <laughs> i mean that too 
David? You go ahead, David. I need to look at something real quick. All right. I got I got Mike as a, a scoundrel. Yeah. Yeah. So a senator. Yeah. <laughs> or also like a Beckett. He would be, a, I think, of a Beckett also. Oh, yeah. From Solo. Yeah. So I have a character in mind that I think Slade would be perfect, but I'm blanking on his name. He's in uh, Galaxy's Edge Black Spire novel. He is the guy who joins uh, Vi and Captain Cardinal. He's a bit of a oh, drinker. Yeah. Um, he has the gift of gab, and he can stand up on a bar and convince people to do things. I, and I could just see Slade being the kind of uh, like a poetic person that pulls people to a cause. But I'm totally blanking on the guy's name. But I can definitely see Slade being some sort of... Uh, Nice. Get off my bar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> David, David shocks him with a prod. <laughs> so kind of a mix of all three of what you guys said, you know, for, for what I was thinking. It, I actually four, because it also includes what Cam was his first one. Um did you guys ever read now, Cam, I know you you've never you don't read anything pre-canon. So, like any of the legend stuff, you don't really play around with much. But did you get? I, I read some like, like when I was when I was younger, I read some of it, um, but not not to any kind of depth. So my favorite stuff in the Star Wars universe, it, it's not actually. Well, I mean, yes, it's the Ewoks, but <laughs> the things I connect with the most, I guess, it's not the Ewoks. It's not even Thrawn. I love. Did you guys ever read Tales from Jabba's Palace? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yes. that that's amazing. Or in Shadows of the Empire, I I think I would work for one of the crime syndicates, either the Black Sun or the Huts or something. So like you know Beckett, but I would work. I f I feel like I would be using my talents to work my way up in the organization that way. Maybe be Jabba's major domo, something. Um. Or, or, or run my own crime organization. Cause, That's what I could see. Yeah. As a senator, convincing people in bars <laughs> to do what I want. I could totally see you as banging Ewoks. As a senator, banging Ewoks. That's my summer. <laughs> Wait, does, <laughs> does the force move of Endor have a senator? Because I think they just got one. <laughs> <laughs> I am the Senate. <laughs> I, am, I am the tribe. But in Ewokinese. Ewokies. Do you speak that? Not he's yet. He's writing a book on it. That's what he's doing. My my first order of business is to convince the Ewoks I'm actually one of them. And this is a very <laughs> difficult task, but I've been working on it for years. So would you paint yourself in gold so they can just start chanting to you? Like, <laughs> <laughs> they appear. They think I'm some sort of god. Can you imagine Slade and just pure gold? <laughs> gold member. <laughs> Ash gold. We are now an Austin Powers podcast. Yeah, we're gonna cover everything. This quarantine has got us loopy. 
<laughs> indoors, not enough vitamin D or whatever it is that you need to. Well, that was a fun little segment, guys. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, I drive me nuts. I can't remember that guy's name from the book I'm trying to find, and it's driving me bananas. Steve, it's Slade. What do you I, mean? I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually looking as well. <laughs> I've got to read that book again. It's really good. If you guys haven't read that book, go for it. It's really good. Well, read it right now so you can tell us the name. All right. Starting page one. (laughs) (laughs) Once upon a time. Audio books. That would be fun. All right. So um, I think that'll do it for this episode. (laughs) Appreciate you guys as always. We're going to skip it. Ship it Uh, away. We don't want all that talk about ship of the week. We got to talk about it. I mean, <laughs> I mean, okay. Yeah, so, no, 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 no. Uh, I want, I want, I want, I want our tens of thousands of listeners to <laughs> understand and be prepared for the first segment we're going to have on our next podcast. So our, our next, what we're featuring is our next installment of ship of the week. Um, Cam, can, can you tell us why Ship of the Week is, is so important to us right now? Okay, so I'm sure if, you, if you're if you a Star Wars fan, you are aware of the idea of shipping, correct? I don't mean, I don't mean moving things from no, one place no, to no, another. No, no, no. I, mean, I think if you're a Star Wars fan, if someone say what's your... I think if you're a Star Wars fan and someone says anything like, hey, what's your favorite ship? <laughs> you're not going to go into like, oh, the two, the, guy, the, the wolf from Twilight. No, it's, you don't think of, hey, this. man, there are, there are ships all over the, there's Finpo, there's Raypo. That's all I can think of off the top of my head. Oh, man. So we're in our group chat. And we're asking Cam, like, hey, do you have a ship yet for Ship of the Week? (laughs) (laughs) To to be completely honest, guys, I was very, very, very surprised when BP was like, what's your favorite ship? Because I was like, we're going to be that podcast? Oh, my God. I went back to the (sighs) messages and I can only see, like, when you responded, I could see your face as you responded. So when you did (laughs) respond with your response before, like, I, initially i was just shocked and i thought to myself wait is is that the name of a ship that i don't know about yeah i was like because the zeb Callus does sound like it could be a ship well because i i don't know as I don't, I don't i'm not as deep cut into the stuff as you guys are so i was figuring there was a book or maybe this is something from rebels i didn't know about and and you had listed like a ship and a captain you know a ship like starship king. Oh well, god, I mean, that makes it, it even worse. From Rebels. <laughs> it's definitely a ship and a captain. <laughs> oh boy. So anyway, uh, next uh, next episode we're gonna have a spaceship of the week. <laughs> thank you. The clarification helps. <laughs> oh man. So anyway, if anybody's Star- still listening, I hope you enjoyed this. <laughs> um, so we yes, did. Uh, thanks again to Eric Walker for coming on and Slade for setting that up and. Uh, getting all four guys on here at once uh, is a lot harder than you would think, particularly with everything that's going said. on in the world. Which she said. Um, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> appreciate everybody coming on and everybody listening. And uh, hope you guys uh, keep on keeping on.
Thanks, guys. Thanks, everyone. I'm Jim. I am Jim. <laughs> keep shipping. <laughs> I am. I keep I'm, on shipping. I'm Dwight and Stanley. It's a mixture. I know it. We are now an office podcast. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs> <See ya>. Bye. <laughs>